Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support, and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we've got Charlie Gu. Charlie Gu is the founder and CEO of Collective Influence. It's a marketing agency. He's based in the US, and they really focus on helping beauty brands expand into China by looking at the overseas Chinese consumers, mainly working through influences in, in the US and Canada. So, Charlie, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Hi, Ali. Thank you for having me today. So let's get straight into it. Can you give us a bit of background about why you started um, Collective Influence and what you were hoping to solve for the brands that you work with? No, absolutely. So um, I have been kind of operating in the space of uh, connecting brands with Chinese consumers for over 10 years now. Um, You know, before founding Collective uh, Influence, I'm mainly helping a lot of brands. So who is targeting uh, this trend of outbound Chinese travelers? You know, as we know, uh, when Chinese travelers uh, venture outside China and to see the world, they also take their wallet with them. (laughs) And that's where they spend most of their money. uh, And then that's where they do a lot of these luxury purchases, including uh, skincare. And so we've been, you know, kind of working with brands, advising them on how to build their, you know, uh, marketing channels to target these consumers, and then uh, how to kind of create, you know, um, training programs to educate and empower the local salesperson globally. And about three years ago, I start to see this trend of, you know, um, cross-border e-commerce start to emerge. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. more and more brands, you know, are able to go to China directly without even um, have to open the store. But then that, you know, poses another set of challenge, which is mm-hmm. that if your brand does not have a presence in China, does not have a team in China, you can sell the product to China, but how do you market to the consumers? Mm-hmm. How do you... Uh, get your products know. And I see a lot of brands trying to, you know, get into the area of influencer marketing and start to work with influencers. And But uh, the logistic, the language barrier, the cultural barrier, understand how the market operates. Those are really, you know, uh, big challenges for a brand who does not have a team on the ground. So that's when I thought uh, someone has to kind of step in, you know, help brands to fill that gap. That's how I found, decided to find Collective Influence. And the other thing I realized, it was that my personal journey as a international student, originally coming from China, and then decided to, you know, uh, stay in the U.S. and develop Korea. I've kind of seen this trend of, you know, overseas uh, Chinese consumers and especially Chinese students really, you know, developing quickly in the Mm -hmm. past, you know, few years. And, you know, I say we have become really uh, an important, you know, uh, powerhouse in terms of spending. Mm -hmm. And, but also as a, you know, a powerhouse for influence, right? We're the ones who often, you know, tell our friends and family in China, you know, what brands to buy and where to buy them, or (laughs) we're often the ones who are purchasing them and bring them back to China. And also seeing some of my early experiences working with uh, these influencers who are really Chinese students, like Mr. Back, you know, uh, 
yeah. you know, he was a student at US and then how we, you know, we met and then we kind of started partner together and just seeing some of the influencers like him, you know, um, mm-hmm. who really started as a student, started talking about, you know, the things they love and then, you know, bring that influence back to China. I realized, wow, there's a whole community of these influencers that exist outside border where brands are not looking at them. They're, when they're thinking about China, they're thinking about, oh, I got to find those influencers inside China. On the yeah. other side, you're ignoring this group of consumers and also influencers really by your doorstep. Yeah, and they're very, you know, it's a very powerful group of people that, that I think still today, I mean, bigger brands are starting to tap into that. But I think even today, it's a very untapped market because so many brands, when you go into China, you work with local agencies who work with key opinion leaders and influencers in China, but they don't often look at that piece outside of China. So I think that's where it's such an important, it's such an important piece of the puzzle for brands. So when brands are thinking about this, so, you know, when I'm talking to brands, it's about before they're in the market, they really want to create that demand, say they're a U.S. brand. And what, how do they go about it? How do you, what, what's your advice for brands that are just starting to want to create that demand with the Chinese um, in terms of working with influencers in the U.S.? I think, you know, um, every brand uh, always, you know, uh, want to care about, the business, right? It's a business and they want to, you know, uh, uh, they want to know this going, how this is going to set up for success. But mm-hmm. I also feel that instead of, you know, rushing to think, figure out the sales projections or those numbers, brands, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about China really need to do a lot of homework and then mm-hmm. prepare themselves for the market. China is not a market uh, to make quick money. It's a mar- ma- market that requires a lot of investment uh, patience, right? Yes. Persistence, <laughs> as you would know. <laughs> you have to share with friends. Um, and, and also that it requires a lot of careful planning. So I, my first recommendation to brands is really do your homework, figure out your brand story first. Mm. Who am I? Why should Chinese consumers care about me? And really craft that message. Think about how I can be competitive in that market. Mm. And then also think about this consumer journey, like we've discovered, especially uh, for a lot of these smaller niche brands, you know, the first group of customers who found out these brands are the overseas Chinese students or Chinese consumers mm-hmm. who went to the local Sephora store, or went to their, you know, uh, Ulta beauty store and discovered these niche brands. They start, mm-hmm. you know, talking, share with friends, they start bringing back to China, they start posting mm-hmm. them all, little red book. So if you, if this is actually how consumers are shopping and discovering these brands, then brand really needs to find them where they are. So I would also definitely recommend brands invest the time, energy, and also build carefully building that group of communities who are your existing customers, but also very important advocates as you prepare for your China journey. Yeah, I mean, that's something I often talk to brands about. It's like, look at your current marketing plan in the US and then think about how you can, you know, you, you can target some of that towards the overseas Chinese community in, in the US, who's already in the US. So I guess moving on from that, what are some best practices that you recommend or that you've worked with um, with some brands in terms of doing that, in terms of really engaging that community? 
You know, one of the uh, key areas, you know, we've been kind of uh, uh, working on is the idea of, you know, uh, KOC, key opinion mm-hmm. customers, right? Yeah. And this is the group of, you know, um, consumers that existed overseas. They're already, as I said earlier, they're already uh, the customers, but how do brands engage them and you yeah. know, discover it? So we've actually kind of uh, cultivated a community of them and then kind of help brand to, you know, really sim- simply seeding first seeding. by seeding the product. Uh, with the consumers, get a chance to, you know, uh, know your products. And then I think seeding is important, not just to drive the awareness, but also get a chance to test the message. Yeah, and feedback. The product, get the feedback, right? That is the mm-hmm. best research you can, you, yeah. you know, surprised. And some of these reviews that you post on Little Red Book might not be, you know, uh, entirely positive, but don't yeah. be frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, you want that honest opinion. You want them to tell you why this doesn't work. It is the fragrance, it is the formula, it is something that, or the price point, they'll be honest with it. I think getting that message right is very important. I think seeding and, you know, these, uh, and building the long-term loyalty. And when we recommend working with these, you know, keeping in consumers, KLCs, we uh, also recommend working with them consistently. And especially, you know, most brands go to China with a whole portfolio of different products. And, you know, how can you, have someone fall in love with your brand with just one trial and one test that's not authentic and i think mm-hmm. that their followers want to see whether it's a you know kol or klc their followers wants to see there is consistency they want mm-hmm. to look at content that see this influence really believe in the product they've tried all of them there's good ones there's bad ones or you know uh there's absolutely favorite ones so i think having that long-term relationship it's also very important you can go don't be afraid to go back to the same one if you find they really love your brand and become the mm-hmm. advocate and also incorporate them really in your social media planning i know that there is uh, a lot of uh kind of attention on how important celebrity is you know how important the big you know influencer but i think before investing those big names really focus on the core customer or those are real you know uh customers who care about your brand and incorporate them into your social media planning say you know put their content on it's just you know a hundred times more authentic authentic absolutely absolutely yeah and i mean i think core key opinion key opinion consumers are a core part of the strategy, both outside China and once you get into the Chinese market, right? Especially if you're using for beauty, you're using a platform like Little Red Book, that is what builds that momentum, it builds that buzz, and it is so much more authentic, and especially for niche brands where you're telling a, you know, often there's a fantastic founder story, but you're really looking at the the ingredients and, and the, how effective they are, and you want people to say, yes, that's worked for that specific issue for me, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's and I think more and more with the rise of Chinese, you know, sea beauty, we, we're seeing the importance for international brands going into China to prove that their products are suitable for Chinese skin. So that's something that, you know, if we talk about skincare, same with hair care, right? Like it works for my hair. People are being much more demanding about what it is for them. Um, and so brands mustn't just rely on a big scale influences they play a very important role but that sort of more grassroots is is very very important yeah i think gone are the days a brand can simply conquer the china market with fame reputation or some you know pr coverage you really need yeah. to prove yourself and there's yeah. so 
you know, many competitors in the market. It's a very crowd space. You mentioned Sea Beauty, you know, uh, there's lots of, you know, uh, research and innovation behind some of the, you know, Sea Beauty brands we've seen in the market. So uh, really prove your product work and then show that, demonstrate to consumer that you're committed to market. I think it's very important. Mm. And so, I mean, obviously the key companion, uh, key KOCs are very important. And then if you're sort of, you're looking to invest a bit more, you're looking to get that credibility. What about larger scale Chinese influences in the US? Um, what's that landscape like? Actually, I think that's also very important. You know, I think there are a group of, you know, uh, Chinese influencers living in the US and they uh, probably started their influence on Instagram. Um, and then slowly moving to YouTube um, mm -hmm. and producing a lot of these YouTube content. Uh, and what we found is that these influencers, you know, uh, either start to move some of the content, also uh, sync them with the Chinese platform on, let's say, Billy Billy, yep. which is a very mm -hmm. popular platform, or Little mm -hmm. Red Book, or they're actually a group of influencers in China that look to these influencers in the U.S. sort of as, you know, uh, I would friendly. say uh, harbingers, kind of that they are the signals. Oh, these are the brands I need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. We've spoken with these top beauty influencers in China. We've asked them, you know, so how do you discover these brands? Like, oh, we actually, there are a few Chinese influencers, you know, uh, we follow who live, you know, all these cities, Vancouver, you know, New York, Los Angeles. We kind of see like, what they're buying and then usually that's how we discover these new brands so i think working with these influencers definitely are important and also don't forget that all the assets that you create working with these influencers that you know um that overseas can definitely be repurposed for the china market as well um yeah. so really youtube instagram um and i think gradually tiktok um that mm. we'll see we haven't seen a lot of um the consumers in that space yet but um i think it's very important and, yeah. and the other thing I noticed is the platforms are actually giving, you know, these in overseas influencers a lot of uh, love and, you know, in mm. terms of boosting traffic because, you know, um, domestically, um, they're just, the market is so flooded with all these influencers backed by, you know, the big MCNs, you know, mm. what I think happens is like the, the content they produce is often very monotonous. Mm. Yeah. It just, you know, everything looks the same. It's a, quite a formula. So consumers look at these, you know, international influencers, you know, overseas, you know, influencers think their contents are much more interesting. They're more diverse mm. on my mm. life, very authentic. And so I think the platform realized that they really need to kind of uh, give a, you know, bigger, you know, uh, platform for these audience. I know this platform like Little Red Book, for example, yeah. has been carefully, you know, um, and aggressively poaching these, you know, influencers say, hey, mm -hmm. we want you to come to our platform and share your lifestyle. And mm -hmm. so this community of influencers are gaining influence, putting, getting their, you know, uh, foot into China as well. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting that the platforms are giving them that, uh, that mm. boost, right? Like it's, uh, I've certainly noticed there's, there's several that I follow that they've, they've progressed from being more focused on Western platforms to now they have much bigger followings on their Chinese platform. So on Bilibili or Xiangzhu, their followings have really gone through the roof. And, I, and that actually explains part of it, right? That <laughs> the platforms are helping them along a bit, um, but that's good for brands. So, you know, you're, you're building up that awareness and demand from Chinese within the US, but also mm -hmm. obviously your halo affecting into directly into China. 
Um, because I think part of it is the influences and part of it is the Chinese in the US having that, um, uh, having that influence with their friends and family, right? So they, they have that, that connection. So that's, it's your influencing on both sides, which is, which is so uh, important. Yeah, and then yeah. you never know. And then these uh, overseas Chinese influencers might one day go back to China. And then so we've seen the few influencers. I mentioned Mr. Bags earlier, Savvy's mm, look. You know, yeah. uh, there are a few of them like that. Uh, all went back to China and started a career there. Um, mm. And I think then the, the really then your brand already have a advocate. You know, inside China when that happens, yeah. and we see that and trend. Yeah. Now, one other thing I just thought of, actually, was many of these influencers in the U.S., do they have um, their own shops? Do they sell products? Or is that that's more, obviously, the influencers within China do that. But um, what about the U.S. ones? Do they do that? I think the ones, you know, right now, the Chinese ones, they don't. Um, no. And um, they, I, I think for various reasons, they often are a one-man shop. You know, they kind mm. of like start posting these content out of their interest uh and and there is just not a, a great kind of the same infrastructure on platforms yeah. like you know yeah. um instagram and uh, youtube like those were happening platforms like weibo doing you know uh, and exactly. you know and little red book the kind of e-commerce mm -hmm. i think certainly you know facebook and you know uh instagram are trying with the, the the shop function and we know that tiktok is making some moves in that um space so certainly i think uh, that will improve I think live streaming probably, um, and then mm. we know some of them are on like live streaming platforms, you know, um, within, you know, Alibaba system. So uh, that certainly uh, is helpful. And then some of them are doing live streaming. And mm. so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. And so apart from KOCs and KOLs, influencers, what else would you advise to brands in the US that are looking to the China market in terms of drumming up demand before entering with with the local Chinese community in the US? Are there any other platforms or levers that you recommend brands to use? I think that um, doing, I it's really important, um, you know, to, for brands to recognize the difference that of the, you know, demographics and the, the consumers, that their expectation. You know, um, for example, what I find, you know, often is that, a lot of brands, you know, um, they came from actually have a lot of, you know, innovation within their brands. But mm. um, when they're trying to sell in the U.S., they're often trying to simplify the message, you know, yeah. make a very like one key tagline. Uh, and but the Chinese consumer wants something different. They want you to go very, you know, almost very nerdy, getting to the nitty gritty mm. ingredients, the formula, mm. the signs, everything. So that requires a, a different, you know, almost a uh, formula or correct, not formula in the sense of, you know, product, <laughs> yeah. in terms of sense of marketing. And yeah. that, so don't use, you know, what you expect, what you do here yeah. and then take that to China. Really think about time, prepare all those. Do you have a director of education who can help you prepare those, you know, educational materials? Um, mm. Then that can be translated and localized that can mm. give to, um, whoever you were talking to, right? Figure out the, the brand stories and to think about the, how do you, you know, redefine the messages um, and the localize again for the Chinese social media. I think those exercises definitely, uh, it's uh, painstaking, but I think it definitely worth um, the effort. Um, yeah. Don't just rush to say here's, and then 
then you'll be bombarded with questions and say, what is this? What about that? And then um, that will just kind of show that your brand's lack of commitment. Yeah, I think it's very, very crucial to have a very clear strategy in terms of your messaging, because when you go into China, when you go into any new market, but China is particularly complicated, you will have different partners and you will be working with lots of different influencers. You want to be able to give them I, I have a thing called a, a master document, but I feel that brands, it's like a one pager, brands need to nail down these messages. They need to be able to give this in a consistent way. The market is so big, it's yeah. expensive, as you've already said. You, you want to be um, very targeted with your message. Now, and that doesn't mean simple, to your point. I think that's really important point. It's not dumbing it down at all. It's yeah. just making it very clear. And then you need, obviously, to have the, the backup. And I think that's where things like, you know, with science, you know, science is very important. Um, looking at why those ingredients that you use actually work. You're not just talking about natural ingredients. You're talking about why they work specifically for that. Everything has to be very targeted um, mm -hmm. because the Chinese consumer is so well educated. You know, the one that we're talking to as Western brands going in, mainly for second tier th cities. I know that's that is developing, but focused on that type of consumer. They, they're so well educated when it comes to yeah. skincare that we have, I think, don't underestimate that, right? Like that's so important Definitely. not to underestimate. Don't be afraid to be very nerdy about it. And you, yeah. they want to hear about the story and want to hear about all the research behind. They want to even see references, a research paper that, mm. you know, point to that, the efficacy of the product, right? Mm. And I, I think, the other thing I feel is really important is take the time to do the research. And kind of like, you know, uh, you mentioned that you have a kind of these questionnaire help guide the mm. brand. Also mm. identify the potential challenges of the landmines and don't mm. rush to like, you know, I think uh, say, okay, I need to, you know, get into the market right now. I always th think, you know, you only have one chance, you know, to kind of make a first impression so that first impression is extremely important so mm. take the time to prepare yourself you know um for example if you've just you know uh, prepared a product got the, the the distribution figure out you know find the channel but also think about do you have all the paperwork you know do you understand what is the you know the legal ramification for some the chinese you know uh, legal landscape changes quickly you know especially the cosmetic industry is heavily regulated <laughs> and, and there's yeah. almost new laws and regulation you know uh coming out daily sometimes <laughs> daily you know <laughs> shifting so uh how does that affect you know um one how my brand is going to operate in the market also how i'm going to promote myself for example mm -hmm. we recently discovered that you know you can sell a brand, clean beauty brands. You know, I know you work a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and in China, you can sell them through cross-border, right? No problem. But if for you to promote the brands, working with the influencers and do paid promotion on the platforms, a lot of them require your official registration, you know, within the Chinese government. So mm -hmm. a lot of brands didn't think about that until they the time come they have to do the promotion and then realize they can't do the promotion, but they're already halfway in the market. So these are the things that's much better to identify before and figure out and prepare for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of preparation that, that's involved, but I think it's important that brands know that they can start to create that demand with the Chinese audience before they go in. And you know, exactly. that's, the, that's what we were, that's why that community in the US is so important. Overseas, um, Chinese 
and people like you, you know, you're you're both an operator, but also you're you're a target. You're you're a um, you know you're a Chinese living in the U.S. that has those links back to China. So I think that it's great to be able to hear from you directly about that. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can um, drop me an email. Uh, it's always the best, uh, or send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, okay, and I'll put the details below. Awesome. Yeah, that's, um, we always love to, you know, talk to brands, just, you know, even um, kind of hear their stories and, and mm. you know, and I'm always, you know, uh, very honest with brand. And I think that, you know, if we feel that you're not ready, I will tell you, you know, I, I, mm. I think I, to me, I think it's really important to um, be frank about this because I think not every, it's all about timing. Right. And then um, maybe you, some brands are maybe not ready. So don't do it now. And I think about the platforms, maybe, you know, um, this particular platform might not be, you know, uh, your best solution if you're really small. And the other thing I want to add is that, you know, uh, there is this myth of 1.4 billion people. But at the end of the day, your target customer in China, it's a tiny, tiny fraction mm -hmm. of that number. Don't be, you know, um, obsessed with that big number. And you are really focused on small groups. So don't try to target uh, everyone really focus you kind of you know mentioned that earlier but i think mm. find out who the exactly that ideal customer is it's super important and it will save you a lot of um time and money it's kind of like i call i call it acupuncture marketing <laughs> <laughs> i like that i love that it is definitely it's definitely like acupuncture and it's you've got to be real and that's something that a lot of brands overlook because because I think the industry and operators always talk about the opportunity of the market being so big. And of course it is big, but actually, you know, you can get completely lost in that if you don't find, if you don't find people that really are going to be interested in you. So I agree. Yeah. Read the fine print. The stock market is full of opportunities, but mind your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Shelly. That was a great conversation. I'm sure people will be in touch and, uh, Thank you again. Thank you, Ali, for having me. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. I always like to hear from my listeners, so please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia, and I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.